Hey everyone, thank you for joining us again this week. I want to thank everyone for listening to these episodes and these mission stories. I am hoping that these stories will reach people around the world someday and inspire people to go on missions. But my guest today is an awesome dude. I honestly wish we lived a little closer so we could hang out a little bit more. Uh, he is my wife's best friend's husband. It's a little confusing, but uh, they're they're very cool. They're very genuine, and uh, they're very fun to, to, to be around. But he served in the Washington, D.C. South Mission. He is currently going to school and working. He's He's married and is expecting a baby girl soon. So please welcome Tyler Strawn. You are listening to The Life of a Missionary, a podcast that dives into the experiences of former missionaries of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Enrique Nunez, and I will be your host to the journey of these mission stories from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. All right, man. Well, thanks for accepting an invitation on the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, so this is the first episode that I'm recording outside of my house. I'm in Utah right now. Uh, we're visiting friends. We're visiting family. But thanks for, yeah, thanks for accepting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know a whole lot about your mission. We were talking about it earlier. You served in Washington, D.C. Washington, South D.C. Mission, yep. Uh, how long ago was that? Uh, 2014 to 16. Okay. So next month I'll be back three years, which that's insane to me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it goes by fast. I got back in 2014. Oh, okay. So five years. Five years next month. Yeah, that's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to. Yeah, it does. I remember talking to people um, on my mission and said, oh, how long have you been home? Oh, I've been home for about five years, 10 years, you know. It's like, wow, that seems such such a long time and in your perspective. Yep. But now you look back. The number yeah. looks big, but then when you're yep. reflecting, you're like, oh, that went by fast. Yeah. So, all right. So, Washington, D.C. That's, I've heard there's actually a lot of members there. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons a lot of members of that members, work for. Actually, the most outside of the Wasatch Front between like Arizona, Salt Lake, Utah, uh-huh. Idaho. More members there than anywhere else. I think it's because, well, they all go there for government jobs. Right. That's they what I've heard. They work for State Department, FBI, all that stuff. Uh, and they will live in Virginia, which is where my mission boundaries were, in Northern Virginia. So Okay. Huh. We have a guy in our ward um, that served there, actually. I think he's been married for two years. Okay. So 2017. So he was probably there around 15 to 17. Maybe 14 to 16. Okay. What was his name? Oh, I don't remember. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> his name's Christian, but he's a, his last name is Jensen. Jensen. Uh, Elder Jensen. Nah, it doesn't ring a bell. Actually. Was he English speaking? He's Spanish speaking. Spanish speaking. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of like a little bit of a, a divide there yeah, between English and Spanish programs. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, but I don't think I remember a Jensen, actually. That's okay. I'll try to get him on here as well. Um, maybe you'll remember him then. I don't know. Maybe you'll maybe. ring a bell. But it was worth a try. The church is small. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I met this sister after my mission at a like a cultural event at the at the conference center, hmm. and uh, I just got talking to her, and she's like, "Yeah, I served my mission in Spain." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Like, would you happen to know this guy? She's like, "Yeah, that was my zone leader." <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, I wrestled with this kid for four years. It's a a small world. Outside of Utah, or outside of Utah, Idaho, yeah, 
there's kind of like that small network of members. Yeah. But then people over there ask me all the time, oh, do you know so-and-so? Like, like uh, no way. There's, there's so a many lot people. of members in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. But cool, man. DC, what can you tell us about it? Is it scary? Is it cool? Fun? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all of the above? Yes. Scary, cool, fun, super, super diverse, which I mean... Utah is not diverse. And so when I go to those areas, I start, I, at the beginning of my mission, I try to keep count of, uh, how many people from different countries. I try to keep count of the, of the countries and right. I stopped counting somewhere around 50. Holy cow. Yeah. And so it's just from everywhere. Lots of people from Africa, lots of people from Europe, lots of, uh, South Central America, just everywhere. It's awesome. Um, there's a lot of areas that were like, you know, kind of super sketchy you actually get back up and behind the capitol building that's a pretty intense place there's actually a place uh where i served where white missionaries weren't allowed to serve for a period of time um it was my first area <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just throw you into that area it's actually my favorite area okay so super cool super diverse lots of amazing people how's the work over there honest that's something that's interesting too because i would go from uh well, I guess to put it in perspective, our mission goal uh, for the final year that I was there to have 300 baptisms. Okay. So, I mean, I just talked to my cousin who was in Zim- who got back from Zimbabwe, and their mission goal was like 800 or something. So Per month uh, or per year? Per year. Okay. And so, I mean, slower than some places, but in that area, in that mission, it varies so much from place to place. Right. Um, so, in some areas, we'd be teaching so much, and then we'd go, it's always the ritzier areas, yeah. go over to... Uh, McLean, where there's a lot of, it, it's a really well-off area. There's a lot of politicians that live over there. There's a lot of, of high-profile people that live over there. And I remember there was one week where, as far as key indicators that we were submitting, it was just straight zeros across the board. We had a ton of service hours, which which was nice, but, man, it was hard to get anybody, anybody to listen to us over there. Um, so it really would vary depending on what area you were in yeah so each area had its own reputation of like oh that place you know it works really good over there you can just go out and talk to anybody and anybody will listen to you versus you know some other areas where people are so busy that they just don't have yeah. time for you yeah it's interesting because you see these people who are very rich not necessarily rich but very <laughs> successful who are well off they don't they don't see the time that necessary to Oh, right. To go religiously. Right. And especially there's a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, politicians over there. There's lots of, you know, congressmen, right. congresswomen, lots of senators over there where the last thing they have is time to listen to, you know, 20-year-old, 21-year-old dude come in and talk to him about Jesus. Like, that's the last thing that they right. they have time for. They just have so much important things to do. So, Which is an interesting concept because this country was founded on freedom of religion <laughs> right and now they don't have time for it now they just don't have time for it so i mean and for the most part that area is really religious there i mean by the capital mm-hmm. okay yeah and just in northern virginia there's one road where i counted like 23 churches on one road wow and so and they're all different churches and so there's a lot of religious people over there and and is there an LDS church on that road? Yes, yes, there is. <laughs> Stake Center. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of people that who are religious, and so a lot of them were like, "Oh, I already, I already have a church to go to. Thanks, right. though." And just you know, shut the door or, or walk away or whatever it is. And um, 
which is cool because at least they were nice to us. But yeah, that's, <laughs> I've seen that. That's the best way to get rid of missionaries. Yeah, just be nice, just to, them, be nice say, to them. No, I'm not interested, but thank you. Have a nice day. But really, like the last thing you want to do is like try and debate missionaries because yeah. that's like all they do. And so <laughs> sometimes, you know, I tried to actually avoid it after one time. I remember one time I got into a debate, a uh, debate with with a guy, and just walking away from it, I was so heated. And like, I just felt like the virtue got sucked yeah. right out of me because I was so heated. And so after that, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, not going to try and debate anyone yeah. because I mean, it's kind of pointless. They're going to believe what they want to believe. I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And so yeah. nothing's going to happen. Nothing's yeah. going to change. Yeah, it's true. We had a guy in the, in Walmart come up to me, come up to me specifically and say, you know, your church discriminated against your kind like years <laughs> ago. And I'm like, dude whatever man <laughs> like, I don't, I, through the history books i don't i don't remember anything happening with the with hispanics with the church right um so i don't know if he confused me with something else or is like <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about dude but whatever i've never felt discriminated against but yeah there that was a lot too i mean because there's a lot of a lot of colored people over there in dc lots of african-americans lots of uh immigrants from africa there's lots of Ghanaians over there and they're just the nicest most humble people you will ever meet they're they're the ones who are always willing to listen to you and always willing to uh you know to talk and yeah. and be friends with you just great people and but some of them did bring oh the church is racist I'm like well, uh, well i try not yeah. to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some people out there some members yeah that struggle with it but honestly i think it's like it's a it's a struggle that they they're having in their lives it's not that they want to be it's just they are <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> yeah i get what you're saying yeah um but i don't know there's there's lots of great people over there who are willing to listen to us anyway i mean lots of people who want to debate and fight yeah try to call cops on us and escort us out of their really? apartment complex yeah that bad oh it was funny there was one time we were i was on a blitz with uh one of my zone leaders and we were just knocking doors and there was what's what's a blitz so it was when uh the district of missionaries so about i think there's 10 of us at the time we'd switch companions for about an hour and then just go knock doors in one designated spot okay and so this one spot was an apartment complex and so we all took different corners of the apartment complex and, and we're just going to knock doors and trying to find people to talk to and people who want to listen to us and i think it was the second door me and my zone leader knocked on and he just yelled at us through the door like go away i don't want any and we're like all right sir like have a, have a good night and then he asked if we had a permit to be in there and that there was no soliciting we're like sir we're not we're not selling anything um but yeah have a good night so we just we just kept going and we're on the third floor of the same building and he walks up with a flashlight my first instinct was like the hallway's lit <laughs> i mean it was like november seven o'clock at night so it was dark but um he walks up with this big old flashlight banging in his hands He's like i told you guys there was no soliciting here we're like we're not selling anything sir He's like you need to leave now or i'm calling the cops and just trying to avoid a fight or like all right and so we're walking down and he just follows us and we're coming down the stairs and he's just right behind us and he just rails into us starts swearing and yelling at us <laughs> the missionaries with was like sir i don't appreciate the language <laughs> and it was kind of funny because like i could sense the sarcasm in his voice but like the uh the guy was just kept reaming into us and at one point I asked, like he was like i'm gonna take you 
back into uh, to the police station in a squad car. And I just asked him, I was like, sir, are you a police officer? And he responds with, I have a badge and a gun, and that's all you need to know. And kind of before I could stop myself, I asked him if it was a real badge. And he, he just continued to flip out on us. <laughs> and so we get to the parking lot, and he's like, all right, get in your car and leave. Like, uh, we don't we don't have a car. We walked, sir. Our, like, we, we have one it, car up at, the street. During this time, away. isn't there a few other companions in there? Right, right. And he doesn't see them and so we're walking so we you know just just trying to avoid contention just start walking away but he just stands there and and uh is watching us leave um but at this time i look over and i see my companion with another missionary and they're like where are you guys going and i'm like trying to tell him i'm like just stay there for a minute so he doesn't see you and my companion at the time uh was oh god six three uh I think he weighed in at like 290. Like he was just like, you would shake his hand and it would feel like a bear. Yeah. Just kid was massive. And so he comes running over here, almost like eager for a fight. He sees what's going on. And he, we're like, just, we're just leaving. We're just leaving. And then the guy came up and he's like, I told you guys to leave. We're like, there's, there's four other of us somewhere in this complex. (laughs) Do you want us to wait for him? Do you want us to leave him? He's like, you guys have 10 minutes. And we're like, all right. So we just like sat there on a bench and waited for the other ones. It was kind of funny, like looking back on it. It would have been funny if they, like, if he were to go upstairs and see them. And like, what the heck, man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was just kind of an interesting experience. It's one of the, like where it's easy to get heated and like i kind of wanted to just because yeah. i'm like you know how i had pride and, and care behind what i was doing i was like you don't get to tell us what to do like there there's someone here who wants to and it was yeah. funny because one of the other companions who was working that area that was in their area they were actually teaching someone in that apartment complex okay. um but at the same time like looking back on it, i was like man that was that was kind of funny just because this guy has nothing else going on in his life, he needs to chase missionaries outside of an apartment complex. Like, yeah, yeah. just let him be. I mean, more power to you, but I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, we never. I don't think we ever got kicked out. We had a lot of gated communities, and okay. so we yeah. that that one's no. And then the Vegas laws were like soliciting. The missionary work fell under that. So right. and gated communities, no, we couldn't knock door to door right there were some gated community gated communities where we were at but we wouldn't knock doors in those areas we right. would just either have an appointment for a member who was in there or uh we would you know ha- have a direct appointment for for whoever was yeah. in there. but we yeah we weren't allowed to knock doors in gated communities either that's a rough one i tracked it i think maybe my f- my first area we tracked it and that was it really yeah and it was for like the first month that i was there that's all you tracked your whole mission? That's the only th- Yeah, that's the only time we tracked it. Holy cow. Oh, what did you do the rest of the time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it was a lot, of, a lot of just contacting, a lot of uh, referrals. Um, oh, that's nice. Halfway down, halfway down, halfway through my mission, I switched over to Spanish. Okay. And the Spanish community is a lot more connected. Than, right. than the English community. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot more friendly, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends. It depends. But they'd be like, oh, yeah, like I met somebody at the store and they li- They gave me their address and I asked them if they wanted to talk to the missionary. So here you go. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> okay. And then like, that's, they, that's awesome. Though. Yeah. And a lot of people weren't interested, but 
At least you had referrals to check on. Yeah. We there was a lack of referrals and and some like some areas the members were really good at being like, oh, others I got you know I've got this friend you want to come over and teach them at my house, um, but there was a lot of areas where. Mem- like getting members to help us was really difficult and like i said earlier in those busier areas because yeah. members were busy too there's lots of lawyers lots of you know some lawyers for fbi some state department workers there's just you know people with really demanding jobs and yeah. so they just didn't have the time and i think it's difficult for missionaries because they're they're straight out of high school out of college you know if they've worked for a year but they they need these members to help them Right. And they're like, oh, well, when can you help us? When can you help us? Like, guys, I can't. I'm so busy. I wish I could, but I can't. And the missionaries are like, oh, man. But then they get home, <laughs> and they're like, oh, crap. I, can I can't see. help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, now I see what, why they couldn't help. No, exactly. And while you're on your mission, it's easy because, like, the system is designed for you to worry about nothing yeah. except for finding people to teach. And so you're like, okay, like, this is really important, guys. Can you really help? Like, it's really important to help us to find someone to teach. Like, this is all we're doing for two years and hopefully more than that and then you get back and it's like oh man it's easy to see where yeah where you get swamped so it's kind of hard to stay you know it's true have some goals and stay working missionaries with the missionaries when you get back yeah it is difficult i've i was a ward mission leader after i got home i was just like dude this is tough man because you got your (laughs) full-time job and then you have to try to go to school and you got to try to do this work with the missionaries and it's almost impossible man no there's a couple people who uh remember one area we have like the greatest a uh, couple areas we had really good mi- ward mission leaders and now coming back and being in you know outside of missionary shoes my respect for them has grown so much because they were yeah. so willing to take us out every night so active and trying to find out like dang you guys are studs like they're really good dudes my, my respect for them grew tremendously yeah. even after i got home so i was like wow you guys had families and jobs and you were yeah. still making this a priority yeah we had one guy i remember clearly he had a very attractive uh, daughter, <laughs> I remember that. But he would—he was the ward mission leader, and he would come out and just like right after work, and you would see his eyes just bloodshot because he was so tired. But he was there, and we're like, "Dude, you just go home, dude. <laughs> like it's okay, man." <laughs> but yeah, he was so willing to help, and he's like, "You know, I'm here at least for this lesson, and I'll go home." Just like, come on, man. Thanks. Yeah, and you're really appreciative at the time. Yeah. But once you get home, you're like, "Wow, like." You guys are awesome yeah. for, for doing that. Those people, it's hard work. Yeah, I'm not going to mention who it is because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, the work the work in Vegas wasn't too bad. It, it definitely was a lot more fruitful in Spanish. Um, I'd say that was that was similar to us, too. We actually we even had Chinese elders. Wow. And so we had Chinese, Spanish, and English, and um for the chinese elders they there was only like six of them so they would have the same companions and they would just rotate in and out and they through six of them covered the whole mission um but this the spanish missionaries taught a whole lot more than than the english missionaries like just in that area everyone was so religious anyway but like the spanish people were just like I don't know. They were just really humble, really willing to make friends, even if they weren't necessarily interested. And that was where they, where it was different for the English. And they're like, yeah, oh, we don't really have any interest in being your friends, and we don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So carry on. There you go. Yeah, I have I have a friend that lives here. Um, I try getting him to get the, to to go through through the discussions, mm-hmm. and uh, 
he was just like, dude, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not really that interested. And I got, I kind of tricked him and I feel bad about it now, <laughs> but I tricked him into going in the first one into the restoration. And he's like, yeah, it's cool. Like it's a cool concept, but eh. <laughs> I'm like, all right, sorry for tricking you, dude. Yeah, Cause you tricked him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But no, yeah. The, the Hispanics are, have a different world. They yeah. have a different system going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed, I don't know. I enjoyed both of them because it's, to me, when I went English speaking from the half, the first half of my mission, it was a new experience because it's a new culture for me. Mm-hmm. I like even the food. I was like, "What the freak is all this stuff? <laughs> what are all these casseroles and meatloaf? What is this?" <laughs> like, yeah, I never had that kind of stuff before. Yeah. So the atmosphere is a lot different. Yeah, so. uh, that was actually one thing I really enjoyed about my mission was that many many different types of cultures especially in that area i mentioned there's people from all over the globe in in dc in the outskirts of dc and virginia um so many different cultures and that was one thing that i really loved was getting to know um the relationships i built obviously but getting to know their culture and like and even a lot of times through food (laughs) some of the african food was pretty hard for me to down like what dude uh (laughs) like foo-foo it's called fufu and peanut butter soup. I've heard of peanut butter soup. You've heard of peanut butter soup? Yeah. Um, there was an older lady in our ward. We call her grandma. She just insisted on us calling calling mm. us or her, on us calling her grandma. And she was eighty years old and she was from Liberia. And she made she made us fufu and peanut butter soup. And I I have a really hard time with texture. So I gag really easy. And fufu was just like dope. Yeah, I've noticed. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just like dough and so i was trying to eat it and i was like dipping it in the peanut butter soup which was red and spicy with just dough and i oh i somehow managed to do it but some of it was just that it, sounds kind of uh, good dude. Oh, it was, no. <laughs> oh well it, it wouldn't break apart either so you'd oh, like okay. swallow it and you it would just stretch and so you had half of it like going down your throat and half of it still in your mouth like you know that's what oh. that's what that was my problem with uh, mozzarella sticks when I was little. Mm-hmm. I would eat it and then it would just stretch. <laughs> like I hate that feeling. Oh, it was, so. it was very unpleasant. But the cultures of the people were, oh, I loved it. I loved getting to know all of them. There's people from all over Africa, Ghana, Ethiopia, Zimbabwe, Liberia, uh, just all over the place. And each of them had like a little bit of a little bit of different cultures. Lots of people from Europe. And, I I loved it. By far the most enriching part for me and my mission was being able to interact with all these different part of people, all these different kind of people and uh, people from different areas and be able to learn from them and be able to have, you know, make friendships with them. It was awesome. It was probably, probably the best part of my mission. Do you ever run into people who didn't speak English? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> How'd you guys react to that? Uh, well, so there's some people would speak Spanish and I would know very, very, very basic Spanish. I know enough to say hi and ask them if they need help. Because a lot of times the Spanish people around the areas I was, I was at were like working. They were doing, you know, working on their car or, okay. or moving, lots of people moving. And so we just ask them. I knew enough to ask them if they needed help. Um, and then. Do you still I, remember it? No. <laughs> <laughs> and And then for. Uh, so Ghanaian speak Twi and I knew enough to say like, Hey, like, That's just kind of <laughs> like, Hey, what's up? My name is Tyler Elderstrong at the time. And then I knew enough to like ask them their name. And a lot of these, a lot of times they were so taken aback that I knew what little bit 
I did, and it, they they would just end up really trying to talk English or speak English. Yeah. Uh, because for them, it was like it was almost uh, in that culture, it's like almost a compliment when when someone like me, a white kid from Utah, really attempts to like learn their language and how they do things, and so it was kind of they respected that, and I just loved getting to, you know, getting a taste of different cultures. Yeah, that's interesting. You say that that it's like a compliment because I think it goes through cultures. Um, because when I find somebody that speaks Spanish, I'm like, sweet, man, <laughs> like good for you, dude. Yeah. Um, and I would, I, th- I thought about this because we served in Spanish and we had to teach a lot of people who didn't speak any English. Um, and I thought, well, if I were to go to a different country that I didn't speak and the members there or whoever was there made the effort to learn the little English or little Spanish that, you know, to communicate, mm-hmm. it's like, man, that's, that's really cool, yeah. man. Thanks. Yeah. So, and so I even saw that among um, some Hispanics that I would try and communicate with just enough to uh, give them a Spanish missionary's card. Yeah. And it, it, you know, even they had more respect for me once they saw I was trying to communicate with them in their language. Um, So, among Hispanics, among uh, a couple of different African languages, there's like Tui, and then there's like lots of different dialects that went into that. That was just like insane and so interesting um but they all of them had pretty good respect once you tried to communicate with them in their language yeah and it's it's funny because they'll they'll tease you about your accent and stuff yeah but they (laughs) but they do have a lot of respect for like for trying and Mm -hmm. for learning their language it's true right and then just especially in in today's environment there's like so many tension among different races and different you know cultures and everything they they really enjoy it when people, you know, try to get out of their comfort zone for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that I didn't have to learn a different language. I feel, I, I give my respects to the to missionaries who have to learn languages. Right. I actually really wanted to learn Spanish when I was getting, when I got my mission call and I was kind of disappointed to see English speaking. But once I got out there, I was really grateful because there's like enough to learn. There's enough to whoops. learn. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, there's enough to learn without learning a new language. Yeah. Like there, you know, just how to there's teach and how to interact with people. And there's like so much to worry about. Whereas if I had to learn Spanish on top of that, that would have been yep. really difficult for me. Very stressful. Mm-hmm. It's true. But like I, I spoke with uh, other missionaries in, on this, on these episodes that they learn it so fast, man. That's I don't, definitely I don't know true. What it is. Well, it's the gift of tongues. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the sure. Spirit, but <laughs> there's these people that learn them in two, three months and they're, they're fluent. Yep. And that How? I saw that a lot with uh, the elders who spoke Chinese. Oh and yeah, one yeah. of one of them he um, actually lives over there now. Uh, he he does a lot of uh, digital media for different companies over in Taiwan and China, and he loves it. And he I think it's just uh, by I mean you get in complete immersion of it, and you you know on the mission you a lot of times you're required to. Uh, speak in that language as much as you can. So yeah. even if you and your companion are both n- native English speakers, yep. try and talk in Spanish and just try and Im- immerse yourself in it as much as you can. And that definitely helps. But then of course the, the gift of tongues kicks in and, and they're able to learn it really, really quickly. Yeah. It's insane. And I, I realized, well, maybe not, not realized, but I found for myself that even if you're not set apart for learning a new language, you will learn things like like you were learning these phrases right you learn them pretty quick and it sticks right uh, like i learned a lot of stuff in the mtc because i was in the international branch with a lot of people from diff- all over the world 
And so I would ask him, how do you say this in your language? How do you say this? How do you say this? And a lot of it stuck. And right. it's like, right. It doesn't take too much repetition. Yeah. For, yeah. And I, th- I think that's just because your mindset at the time though, too. You're so, you're trying to learn everything yeah. you can, um, whether that's about people or about the gospel or about the language and, um, no, it's pretty easy to soak it up like a sponge. Yeah. Def- definitely a blessing for sure. Did Did you get to any point where you felt like you stopped learning? Like you hit a wall? Um, There was some points later in my mission when I would go in for, you know, like district meetings, uh, just learn, you know, learning with other missionaries or zone meetings when I'd be like, oh man, we're talking about this again. Like, um, but there's a difference between like knowing it and implementing it. And obviously I wasn't implement. I mean, you're never implementing it as much as you should be. It doesn't right. matter, you know, where you are in your mission. You could always, there's, there's no perfect, uh, you can always try a little better to, you know, try a little harder to be a little better. Um, but there's, like I said, there's points where I was like, Oh, I feel like I know everything there is to know about like this lesson or yeah. about this. And, but then, as far as like my personal learning, no learning about cultures, about people, about the gospel. No, I may. And the way you apply lessons though, too, you can be like, I know everything there is to know about this lesson. But then when you're in a teaching environment, like there's definite things that you learn, whether that's pointed out to you from the people you're teaching or just thoughts that kind of occur while you're teaching. Like, yeah. Oh, didn't realize that before. Didn't, didn't know that before. Yeah. So, I, I really, sorry, <laughs> I really enjoyed teaching with different missionaries because everybody teaches differently and they have different, like, um, there's a lot of noise around here. <laughs> they, they use a lot of different methods of, to teaching. Right. And so they'll use like cups or they'll use books to drawings. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's like, this is cool, man. I like that. There's a ton of different, there's lots of missionaries who are really good at using personal experiences, which yeah. I relate yeah. to a ton. Like if somebody's teaching me and they tell me a personal experience that like really helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, n- you know, you never know enough when it comes to, to teaching, true. especially on your mission. Like you're always trying to learn more. See, and I really like analogies. Like when, when people say, okay, well, you see this wall right here? This is like the gospel. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, teach me. How is it? Yeah. And we had a bishop in my second area who, that's how he taught. That's all he taught. And he was so good at it, man. He's like, you know, the other day I was, uh, I was working on my, on my house and I was putting up this brick wall. And so I was like making this, this cement to glue the bricks together. And like it started, the, the cement started becoming like a milkshake consistency. And so I thought, this is good because I like milkshakes. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Yeah. He's like, and as I start putting on these bricks, like they're kind of, you know, you can move them around still when you stick them on there. But as time goes on, you build this foundation and you build this strong wall and and he just keeps going. And it's like, whoa, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have respect for people who think like that too. They can just apply the gospel into whatever they're doing throughout their day because I'm not always like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not always, my wheels aren't always turning like that. And so when people, ha- you know, are doing something like, you know, making a wall or, you know, whatever it is they're doing and are able to relate, uh, once they think about it, like, that's pretty cool for me. I have yeah. respect for people who can do that because I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've tried to do it because that's how I like to learn. So <laughs> I try to, I try to find out what people like and use what they like to relate it to the gospel. Right. That's another hard thing about teaching people on your mission though, is like 
you really have to get to know them. Yeah. Like, and that's not always hard, but being able to teach in an effective way so that they can understand it, you know, so that you can just teach it the best you can. You have to know what they're like. Do they like stories? Do they like analogies? Yeah. Do they like experiences? And so that was always, you know, that's always a learning experience in itself is just getting to know people and how they like to learn and how that's they like true. to be taught, how they like to be interacted with. That's true. I, I actually never even thought about, about it like that. Because you, you have this plan of teaching them this perfect plan that you and your companion came up with. Right. Like, let's implement that. It's like, well, take a step back and see what they like. See what... Right. How, and that like was like said. something in my mission. Like, I think it was, it was when I was fairly new. It was just kind of a mission theme where I think people... I think missionaries were getting a little too robotic. And so they started yeah. saying, teach people, not lessons. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, in Preach My Gospel, the missionary handbook. And so... Just like teach them, don't get so hung up on trying to get your point across that you're not interacting them in a positive ma- in a positive way. Yeah. So that was kind of grant. Like the number one thing I loved on my mission was relationships I built, whether that was you know with people, with investigators, people who are looking to learn more about the church or members. And so getting to know people came pretty naturally to me. That was you know making friends with people I yeah. really enjoy doing. So. Yeah, I I like that. I like the fact that we get have to get to know people. We had kind of a weird situation because we got to a point in our mission, and I don't know if it was because it was Vegas or what, but they said, you need to go get in and out, like 30 minutes tops, hmm. 10 minutes to review the lessons that you had from earlier and say your prayer, 10 minutes for the lesson, 10 minutes for confirmation. And we're like, what? And so they, they gave us a lesson plan where you – you start out with your introduction. You're like, you know, we're here to do whatever. And at the end of this le- first lesson, at the end of this lesson, if we feel prompted to, we'll ask you, we'll invite you to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, what? And so you go through the lesson and it's quick, man. 10 minutes. Super quick. Um, they had a little bit of training like that for Spanish speaking missionaries in, in my area. Cause the, the Hispanic people were so friendly and they would always want to yeah, feed them and they would always just like love to talk to them. And, and yeah. so, and that's gr- I mean, there are definitely worse problems to have than people being too <laughs> friendly to you. Um, but sometimes it would get into a point, you know, if they're spending an hour and a half or two yeah. hours in, in somebody's house, like, okay, we need to, it's you know. true. Hispanics do have a tendency to make people feel at home. Mm-hmm. It's like, just relax, take off your shoes. We'll make you something to eat. Right. And there were some times <laughs> when I was his only at one time and I'd go on exchanges with the Spanish missionaries. Oh. And so they would be teaching in Spanish and I would, you know, I don't just know Spanish. Out, yeah. So I would just be, uh, I'd just sit there and I'd try to understand a little bit of what was going on, but I was all like, I was always so comfortable. And some of the, some of the, people's we were the some of the people's houses we were in they they made me feel super welcome even though i barely know any spanish <laughs> always gave me you know more than enough food and then you know I was, every time i was like ah oh, man this is kind of mm-hmm. nice for a second i just get to sit and and feel the spirit and and kind of uh well try and pick up on a lesson that's not yeah. being you know taught in my native tongue but it was great yeah we had actually well going back to the point of the fast lessons they were mentioning that they wanted the spirit to be in their home while you were there and so as soon as you said your prayer thank you so much we'll see you you would you would set everything up so you they would say the prayer and they're like all right thank you we'll see you next tuesday or this tuesday or whatever mm-hmm. and you leave because that's the last thing they remember because it's like they you you have this image of missionaries that when they enter your home you feel this like 
different feeling and they leave and then and it's gone, gone. Yeah. So, yeah yeah that's what they were trying to get so they need across. to kind of feel feel the spirit and then not feel the spirit just yeah. to feel a difference it's like that's messed up dude <laughs> <laughs> but i i liked it because it was very effective but you don't have that very much time to get to know people right and that's the disadvantage of that too and i think that's where members playing a big part comes yeah because missionaries leave it's true you know i there's a lot of people i I either taught who were really active and then they were really good friends with the missionaries. And then when the missionaries left, they, you know, drifted away from the church because their only friends left. Right. And so that's why, that's why the members are a big part. Missionaries leave members are, are there, you know? Yeah. It's, it's rough, which I agree with you. Like the best part was building friendships and, and building those relationships. And so when you're limited in your ability to do that, it's like, ah, oh, man, where you make these awesome friends and then have to kind of, hand them over to members who are going to be more yeah. consistent for them. Cause that's what's best for them. But you feel like you're missing out because they're your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I've seen members or I should say new members that got baptized because they became friends with the missionaries and they mm-hmm. stayed strong. Some of them stay strong. Right. Um, but some of them, yeah, like you said, they just, Oh, they're my friends. They're gone. Well, I don't have anybody to go yeah, to church with. I don't have anybody to go with. I don't feel as welcome. So that's definitely a big, a big part in having members participate and a big disadvantage if they don't. Yeah. Cause you don't want to go somewhere by yourself, dude. No, it, sucks. It's, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless it's the store. I don't mind going to the store alone. Yeah. I don't um, like going with my wife. Then dude. I just don't <laughs> get judged for all my impulse buying. My wife will be at home. I'll be like, I got snacks. She's Are you like, the impulse this buyer? This is why you don't go. <laughs> You're the impulse buyer of the A little bit. Couple? It's always, it's nothing big, but it's always like, oh. Man, those, candy. Those, those Oreos look kind of good. Oh, I could go for some ice cream. Oh, the crunchy shell on ice cream. Love it. And then your cart's <laughs> full all of a sudden. Yep. <laughs> 60 bucks later when I was supposed to go get juice. How how, <laughs> <laughs> how much, uh, how much, what do they call it? Missionary saving or saving funds? Missionary something funds? MSF? Is that what the they call it? The allotments you get? Yeah. How much did you get? <sighs> I think it was. 165 i can't remember if that was a month uh, it sounds like a I, month i think it was a month 165 a month yeah that sounds about right dollars dollars yes 165 dollars <laughs> yeah we got 125 did you everything's more expensive in dc yeah and that's oh. what i was like yeah it's probably more expensive yeah like they're going just going out to eat like 20 bucks for you at a burger joint just by yourself yeah holy smokes man yeah those are darn good burgers, but yeah, everything was a little bit more expensive uh, there. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, because it's not a lot of money, man. You can't really afford to go out to eat every day. No, you have to you have to budget. And there's some areas where you almost can't afford to go out to eat every day because the members are so willing to help and to feed the missionaries. That's true. And so, I mean, you'll you'll have dinners lined up for you every night of the week, and that allows a lot more flexibility with your spending money. That's but then true. there's always those times when you're like, oh, I still have. You know, 15 days left this weekend. I have no money. 637. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sounds very personal. <laughs> Personable. <laughs> Did you ever hear that story of these missionaries? I, I don't know if it's true. Maybe it was just from my mission. I don't know. But they're like, oh, we don't have any any more money. Like, what, do you, what are we going to do? And like, let's go out to eat. And the companion's like, what? Oh, I've heard of something similar. It'll be like, let's go to the sh- store, but yeah, and so not that, take our wallets and we'll call it yeah, faith Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. And so they order their stuff 
And then some member comes up and like, elders, all, you know, this, this one's on me. <laughs> like, wow, dude. Yeah. I I heard those stories. In Vegas, I mean, you probably have a, there's probably a lot of members in Vegas. I've heard of missionaries serving in Utah do that a lot. That did not happen to me once. <laughs> yeah, that that's where it was. Yeah, in Utah. Yeah, that's of that course though, because you can't go to the store without seeing. Yeah, you know, that's true. Twenty plus members. I have heard of that, and so, but over in DC, I no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. I I didn't do that. I don't know if it was because I didn't have the faith or. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it anyway, man. Well, yeah, that and I was like, ah, well, if I don't have money, I don't think if I blew all my money on stupid things, then. I, Maybe God shouldn't bless me with more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's my own fault. No, we were we were pretty good. You guys never suffered for food, did you? What's that? You guys never suffered for food? No. That's Not good. Really. That's good. Yeah, we we were pretty good too. Members members would even buy us groceries. Oh really? Mm-hmm. There are some members like that in in some areas. Um, some every time we went to this one sister's house. Um, she would always have toilet paper for us, and that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and it always seemed to be at exactly the right time. <laughs> we'd always like we'd go over there whether we'd have dinner or we were um, having a lesson in their home or something, and then she'd just send us home with toilet paper. And then every time when we get back, we'd be like, "Oh, we had one roll left. Nice!" Like nice. always at the perfect time. Yeah, we had one lady in my second area. It was it was like the day after transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had just transferred into this area and she calls and she's like, Hey, I'm outside. I'm here to drop off some stuff. I'm like, I'm like, do you know about this? And my companion that had been there already, he's like, I have no idea what this is about. So we go out there and she's like, Oh, here you guys go. Toilet paper, orange juice, bread, <sighs> eggs, milk. And we're like, thank you. Like the heck. <laughs> oh, no. And we never saw her again. That's funny. <laughs> and it's so funny because as a missionary, when you get that stuff, it's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're so grateful you for it at the you time. Can't show it. You yeah. can't be like, yes. <laughs> I uh, know. I kind of like, did that oh, whenever we you. got toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much. You didn't have to, but inside you're like, yes. <laughs> it's true, man. Yeah, super grateful for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we never went hungry. There was one day that we almost did, but my trainer had already finished his mission, mm-hmm. and he came back to that area where oh, I was really? at, and he called me. <laughs> he he was he was the guy that knew everybody. Yeah. And so he found my number and he called us and he's like, Hey, do you guys need food? I'm like, yes. Yes. He's like, I'll <laughs> yes. hook you guys up. I'll find someone. And that's funny. Cause I would say yes to like a previous companion or missionary in the area. But if a member was like, Hey, do you guys need food? I'd be like, we might be okay. <laughs> you know, be a little more modest about it. Yeah. I would be like, yes, we're starving. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. People are so nice though, man. I haven't had the opportunity to feed them like that yet. I don't really see them. I don't really see the missionaries here either. I think in Utah, I mean, it's because there's like one set per steak or something like that. But really? Yeah. It's that spread out? I think so. Well, I mean, because if you look at steak boundary, like if I were to take my steak boundaries and compare it to a ward boundary over in D.C., the ward boundary was like three big, times as yeah. big. And so, I mean, it kind of makes, makes sense if they're yeah. over, like, because the geographical area is just not that big per stake in Utah. Because we always had one companionship reward. Really? Yeah. That's how it was in my mission. Sometimes two companionships. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's like that here in Utah. That's interesting. Because if you'd be one companionship reward, their area would be like two streets. <laughs> That's true. That <laughs> like, is true. You know, one neighborhood. Yeah. I actually had my 
where I used to live bef- when I went on my mission was about the ward, I think, was, yeah, one block, one squared block. Yeah. And my companion MTC actually served there in my home Oh, really? Area. Yeah. So he went, I was like, dude, this is my f- address. Go visit my mom. Ask him for dinner. <laughs> Just go to hear, text her. And so, yeah, he had dinner over there. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. And I actually saw him before he left because I got home and he, I got home the day before he left. Oh. So I texted him and I was like, hey, man, are you still here? And he's like, yeah, I'm just around the corner. So I went to go see him before. That's sweet. Yeah. Those relationships you build, you know, with other missionaries are great. Yeah. Then when you find a way to extend them back home. For me, like, because I knew I'm still decently close with a lot of my companions or a lot of missionaries, but on your mission, you're like, oh, yeah, we got to hang out a lot when we get back. And then I feel like you never do. Yeah. I've seen some of them. Just just a few times since I've been back in three years. Yeah, so. yeah, it'd be fun to hang out with them. Um, I've hung out with a few with Elder Blanco and Elder Cedillo. We actually went back to Vegas oh, right and on. visited. That's cool. That's cool about serving about Vegas, serving in Vegas though, because it's, it's close. It's close. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to go back to DC. It's far, yet. dude. I want to so bad. How many miles is that? Like twenty five hundred or something? I couldn't even tell you. It's far. <laughs> yeah. I miss the area though. I love history. And so okay. I just loved uh, being around, like, you know, all the monuments. You can't throw a rock without hitting some significant place or thing. Okay. Um, so I was like able to, to take... visit those places a mm-hmm. lot? Yeah, okay. on P-Day. Because technically the district was not in the boundaries of our mission. And so on P-Days we were able to go do touristy stuff. And Okay. So was... Just till 6 o'clock? Yep. <laughs> I always have to take the train in, though. So about, like, 4.30 we're heading out. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, loved it. And even in Virginia, there's just so you know so many different historically significant things. Oh yeah, can't throw a rock without hitting something special. That's cool though, so, man. It's it's nice to to visit another part of the country like that because it's on the opposite side of the country, and it's so different. Yeah, it's such a different culture. Just, just different cult, and especially in an area like that when it's like eight billion cultures that are just like <laughs> you know trying to trying to mesh with everyone else. But it was. I mean, there are days when I'd be sitting on the steps of the Washington Mon or the Lincoln Monument, and be like, "This is so cool that I get yeah. to, you know, be here and be in this area." There's a little square right where Mar- Martin Luther gave his "I Have a Dream" speech, and it's like designated mark, and like I'm just standing on it, looking down at it, and like, "This is really cool." That's some history, dude. Yeah, and so that was really cool. I really want to take my wife and get her, get her out there. My brother-in-law actually served the same mission I did. I think they're going back this year. I think so. So your brother-in-law served the same mission. Yes, he's he wow. was Spanish-speaking, you know, in wow. DC South. So, uh, but yeah. How many so, missions are out there? I'm not sure. So, because there's, there's a DC South, a DC yeah. North, and then there's a, a Richmond, Virginia, which is just south of my mission. Okay. So there's a few. There's a few. And I think if I go, the DC North goes into Maryland. Okay. And then I think if you go anywhere further north, it turns into the Baltimore mission, if I remember right. Oh, dang. So maybe that's why you don't know Elder Jensen. Maybe. Maybe he's serving the north. I'll have to ask him. Maybe. I could probably just ask him right now. <laughs> Shoot him a text. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I need, to, I need to get back out there. I'd love to take my wife out there, do a bunch of touristy things, and then you know, stop by, say hi to some special families out there. 
Yeah, for sure. It's fun. It's weird because when you go back, it's not the it's not the same. Because you when you leave or when you were living there, you see it through a missionary's eyes. Right. And you go back, and it's all gone. <laughs> I'm I've, serious, I've never thought of it. I've never thought of it, but it really does make sense. And it's, yeah, I mean, you see it through a missionary's eyes in the sense of, oh man, that that apartment complex. We should we should go and knock doors over there. Or, like oh, there's all these people over there. There's yeah. a lot of people outside in that area that we could go talk to. Whereas now, you just go back and be like, yeah. This is it. Yeah, because the way I see it, when you're a missionary, you have that designated area, mm-hmm. and everything is, I would say, color-coded blue for available. <laughs> um, and then you go back, and everything is color-coded red, except for the members' homes. Right. The people who you know, or the peop- the landmarks okay. that you can visit, those are designated blue. Everything that, else, that all, makes sense. I all can the see random that. houses, you can't visit those, man. <laughs> just go knock (laughs) no but that definitely does make sense and especially in dc when there's like so many things that would be available to me now going back so many different you know historical things um and just in virginia or or dc so many things that i could go do whereas like what i couldn't oh there's just a lot of places i wanted to visit i never got to go down to like old town alexandria which was supposed to be really cool um i never served around there so i never went down there I don't think I could ever spend enough time in the district because there's so many museums that I just love. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a good way of putting it, though. There's a lot of areas where I now have access to where I can go back and, you know, as a missionary, you're like, oh, look at all these houses. I yeah. can go knock. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we weren't allowed to go on the Strip. Oh, so no, that makes sense. I never visited the Strip until after my mission. You'd never been there previously? Uh, no. I, we we drove through Vegas when I was little. Oh. We went to Arizona, but we never st- we didn't stay very long. That makes sense, though, for missionaries not being able to go to the Strip. There's there's nothing there, man. Oh, there's some characters there. <laughs> there's nothing there to do as a missionary. No, as a missionary, you're right. <laughs> no. And you're just going to talk to people who are also tourists? like Yeah, pretty much. And that was in D.C. We, we they didn't talk to people in the National Mall because they're all oh, tourists. Right. Like, you know, I would have just given cards out. I think at one point they did. Like, granted, that wasn't in our area, but I mean, I seem to remember walking by and seeing some pass along cards and stuff on sidewalks. And, uh, but there was a back when they were Mormon messages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think they're inspirational messages now. I think that's what they call them. But there was, uh, I think it was in England where they put the church paid to put huge banners of, I'm a Mormon and like the church logo and stuff everywhere um, just so people could see it. And so it's like, oh, what's that? Like visit us at this website. Well, there was during, I think it was my second summer there. It might have been my first. The The Book of Mormon Broadway play came yeah. to D.C. And oh, so there okay. was a lot of banners out for that that the church had, That's had purchased and, you know, just saying, this isn't sponsored by us, but if yeah. you're curious, go here. Yep. So Alder Jensen said he's from Alder Jensen. He said he's from. He served in the D.C. South Mission. Oh, that's my mission. So he probably doesn't know you either. I don't remember. Let me ask him what years, because that's very important too. Yeah, (laughs) just a little bit. Although there was like every other year in my mission, there was just huge turnover. So when the age limit dropped down to eighteen, like it was, there was a maximum of like when I got to the mission, um, I left a little bit older. So I got my mission call 
right as I turned 21. Um, so when I got out there, there's just a few months until the initial spike, all those missionaries were going to go home. But when I got out there, there was over 370 missionaries. So it was a Holy ton. Smokes, it man. was like two or three companionships per ward. And then put that in perspective, when I left, they were downsizing it to about 250. Yeah, that's what we were. That's what we were maxed, dude. Which I think is that's is the guidelines to be, you know, about 250 missionaries per mission. Missionary. That's insane. Can you imagine being a mission president and babysitting 360 300. teenagers? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> That'd be miserable. Holy smokes, man. That's a lot. Yeah. And so they were downsizing a lot when I... So, but due to that spike, every other year, there was just a, a tremendous amount of turnover. Yeah. And so my last few months, I've, you know, I felt like I knew going from knowing every, almost every missionary in the mission to, you know, one summer passes. I'm like, I don't even know 80% of the mission. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me. I was, I was my last two areas were outside of Vegas. So just towns outside mm-hmm. of, um, a few miles away from Vegas. And by the time I got. I left. I was like, I don't know anybody. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I only know the people who came out with me and then maybe it transferred to after me. Yeah. But other that was, than that, that was pretty similar to me with the exception of a missionary or two. And there's those moments where like you're really tight with a couple missionaries and they all seem to be in the same group. And so that group goes home. Yeah. You're like, Oh man, I don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's weird. Yeah. We had, that's, that's the reason that's a reason why I went Spanish speaking because all the Spanish speakers went home at the same time. And so he only had like four left or something (laughs) like that. How many Spanish speakers, like how at your max, how many were there? uh, At the end of my mission, we had get this man. So we had three Spanish wards and the ward, the wards were huge, right? But two of the wards had six missionaries each. Oh dang. And then, and then one of the wards had, eight holy cow and then we were in perump and another one so there was eight do the math i don't know yeah <laughs> 20 22 missionaries 22 spanish speakers okay and so he was down to single digits i think and so the the zone leader at the time was of our of our zone was a spanish mm-hmm. elder and so he told mission president hey elder nunez speak spanish just fyi <laughs> and then I got a call a few days later and he's like, Hey, I heard a rumor that you speak Spanish. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't right. think there was much uh, revelation here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I got switched to Spanish. It was great. I, I mean, I grew up Spanish speaking. Right. And so I actually had to learn all the lingo, all the gospel terms in English Oh. because okay. I, I had never prayed in English. I had never read the scriptures in English. So that was probably a little bit like going home for you. Yeah. But the weird thing, because it was a, almost a whole year, I went back to it. And I'm like, oh crap, I have to relearn it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, it was good. It. I liked it. Uh, I almost wish I would have gotten the opportunity to speak Spanish, but like I mentioned, I there's enough to keep, you know, enough to learn, enough to do without having to learn a new language. So I ended up being pretty grateful. Yeah, it's fun, man. I I would say that it was very di- like we were talking about it earlier. It's the mission is very difficult. Yeah. It sucks. Oh my gosh. It's, I, and it's funny because looking back on it now, I'm like, how could something that was like suck so bad be so great at the same time? Yeah. And so like, I don't know, just the restrictions in the sense of, man, I don't have any of the things I used to have to cope with stress or anxiety or, or, you know, 
or a moment to relax. No video games, <laughs> no <don't> girls, <laughs> no movies. For me, it was even like I, like, just reading. I I like to read books, and so okay. when I all of a sudden didn't have any books to read. <laughs> you know anything to decompress i was like right. oh man all gospel related yeah <laughs> like i don't know i just didn't sit and stare at the ceiling to decompress <laughs> yeah in one area we actually had roommates in one area and we had a chess board and we played so much chess that was our way of of you know just relaxing at the end of the day we'd have so many chess tournaments it's fun dude <laughs> It's it's a hard game, man. It is, and I, it, it's it made me laugh. It's just like the things that you go, you know, the things that you have to find to help cope when yep, you're in those. True. I remember I th- I bought a guitar at a pawn shop. Even I found a guitar for like fifteen bucks at a pawn shop, and I was like, I need something just to just to, you know, yeah, just to not be, you know missionary centered for a second or at the end of a night, just like something to, just to you know turn your brain off and and. Yep. And relax for a minute. But did you go through the no planning at night phase, or did you guys always plan at night? Um, I would I would not say that there was a phase. There were definitely nights when we got home and we're like, no. Not, well, because because now they don't they don't plan at night, missionaries. Oh my in, goodness, in I forgot about that. Man, did you did lucky. you go through that? <laughs> you didn't go through that. No. Oh, you had to plan every. No, night. we had to plan every night. That's how we were too, which makes more sense now. Because when you wake up, you get refreshed. You're like, "All right, what are we gonna do today?" Versus, uh, we have to plan. Oh my right god! Now. There was almost every night. Like it rarely did not feel like a chore. You yeah. know, it's so hard to have like an optimistic mentality of like today we did this, this, and this, and it was super good, and we had yeah. not like when you're that exhausted and when you're just like, I don't want to do this. And so now there's a lot of changes that I feel like they made just to make life a little bit better for missionaries, like the communicating with family every monday now yeah. like through phone call or that would have been cool i mean i don't know if it would have been cool or not i i feel like it will don't get me wrong it'd be cool but i don't know if that would just increase my desire to go home during those hard times and like just yeah 104 four weeks of was talking to them well because they're <laughs> like in the holidays like you know mother's day and christmas when we're allowed to skype yeah. when we were allowed to skype the the hours after that for me were kind of rough because yeah, I was just man. thinking about home all the time, and so I don't know if I would have. Did you did you cry, dude? No, I I almost did the first time. Oh really? Almost did the first time, and I remember getting an email from my sister, and she's like, "That was the saddest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> and it was like because we had iPads, and we were skyping on my iPad, and I guess I got like a really sad look right before I hit the hang up button. Yeah. So I was like really sad and hit the hang up, and so and that was on a Sunday. And so the next day, my sister wrote me on PD. Yeah. She was like, that was the saddest look I've ever seen. And That's... I'm so, it just made me want to hug you. <laughs> I was like, that was the one time that I came really close to crying over, mm. over Skype. Um, other than that, no. But the hours after that was rough because I was just thinking, home, I just want to go home. I miss my family. See, um, and that's, I think that's why members are really important because you got to choose the right members because then they kind of bring you back. And they're like, it's okay, dude. Like, right. Ours were, ours were like, come have some ice cream. Come have some brownies with us. And honestly, those things were so like, so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> when you had members that be like, oh man, you did you guys just Skype? Yeah, because all the members knew that 
hours after Skype were a little bit rough and it'd be like, come over and you can share a message with us and, and we'll get you some ice cream or something. Yeah. And so honestly, I was so grateful for well, that. We didn't even have the iPad, so we had to go to members' homes to Skype. Oh, okay. So that, that definitely helped us. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you're in your apartment and you're Skyping, it's like, oh, crap, dude. Well, and most of the time we couldn't Skype in the apartment because we didn't have Wi-Fi. Oh, that makes sense. I remember one time, the very first time I did because the neighbor upstairs didn't have their Wi-Fi password protected. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and so, but other than that, it was most of the time... In fact, I think every other time after that, we'd actually just go to a church building. Okay. Just go to just go to a building and Skype from there. Good old church Wi-Fi. Yep. <laughs> I, I learned on the mission that every church has the same password. Yeah, every, I learned that on my mission as well. I don't know if we should disclose that. Probably uh, not. Huh? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did without thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said that. But, uh, yeah, those days were rough, so when... You know, when the rule change came out that they could Skype or talk on the phone every Monday, my initial instinct was like, I don't know if that will, if for myself, I don't know if that would have helped me or, or made it worse for me. Because uh, I feel like I would just go through withdrawals once a week instead of, you know, once every holiday season. Interesting. So I don't, I imagine it, I would have adjusted eventually and been able to talk to, you know, my parents without getting the... We refer to it as trunkiness and just wanted to go home. Um, but but then between that and there's like no planning at nights. Oh, man, I would have yeah. killed for that rule. <laughs> but then you got lucky because you had the iPad and you didn't have to write stuff down on the, in the well, area. I had to type it all in in the iPad, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your fingers must have been really sore, dude. <laughs> well, the annoying part was like putting all those paper records into the iPad. Yeah. So yeah. there was like a time when they're like, okay, take a, do whatever you have to set aside, whatever time you have to, to input all of this stuff in the iPad. And it was just lot. hours on end. Yeah. But it was so cool. Like once we had everything in the iPad, cause we could be just, you know, walking down a street and we type in a street name and then it would pull up anybody who's ever had contact with the missionaries that was documented on that street. What? So that was really cool in the sense of it was really easy to pick out people who had already had brief contact with the missionaries. Okay. And See, so, that's cool, man. And that I was super could, cool. That. that was actually how we found like a lot of people is times, you know, when missionaries would contact them on the side of the street and then um, they, and then the missionaries weren't able to get back in touch with them again, but they had documented kind of, you know, whether they were outside and we're like, oh, they lived in you know, the third house on this street. Yeah. Um, so we were able to go make contact with people who roughly already knew what missionaries did and what For we were sure. about. And so made it just more likely that they'd listen to us or at least be friendly to us <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's definitely that's yeah that would have been very helpful man that it, sounds fun it definitely was but we're past an hour dude oh dang <laughs> that went by fast that went by yeah. fast well anything that you would like to say to to the audience about your mission or about missionary work in general oh man so hard <laughs> on the mission it was so hard but honestly there is not there's not a day that I don't think about it, not a day that I'm not grateful for it. And the uh, sense of people I met and the lessons I was able to learn myself. Um, message right now, I'd probably just be fine. I'm working on this myself for sure. It's just find ways to be engaged now. Because there's so much, uh, so many blessings out there to be had and um, more relationships to be built and more lives to be changed. Even though you're not full-time, you're not wearing a tag, you're not a full-time missionary, so... Uh, stay engaged. That's 
you know, help the missionaries for as badly as I needed help on my mission. <laughs> There's missionaries out there who need help just as bad. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for for doing this long hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, for sure. And then if anybody has any questions, just feel free to to message me on Facebook. I, I post these on Facebook every week. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.